Hi lovely, welcome to Bloom Best Stories. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Kate, I'm a passionate mama of three and a doula and I absolutely adore listening to women share their sacred birth stories. This is a loving space just for that. Each week I'll be chatting to women across Australia as they share their unique, very special journey to baby. In this very first episode of Bloom Birth Stories, I thought it would be only right to share one of my own. I'll be chatting about how I knew I was destined to be a twin mama, high premises throughout my pregnancies, my desires for a low intervention birth in the public system, and honoring fourth trimester. This is the birth story of my darling twins, Dusty and Pixie. As you know by now, my name is Kate. I'm a devoted mama to three children. My eldest, Josie, is three, and the babies, Dusty and Pixie, are just about to turn one. I'm also a doula, a role I love very, very much. And I live with my partner, Rory, our dogs and kids in a small coastal town in Victoria. Before we dive into the twins, I thought I would briefly share a little bit about how we landed where we are. I'm the eldest of four siblings, so I had the honor of watching my own mum raise my brothers and sister, and I just knew that's all I really wanted to do in life, to be a mama myself, and I looked forward to it very much. My partner and I met in Bali, which is where We romanced on and off. He worked fly in, fly out. I was working in the airlines. And then after a little while, we relocated to Victoria and shacked up, got a dog, got another dog, and then my time arrived and I fell pregnant. And I was over the moon and I absolutely immersed myself in all things birth, really got to know this amazing female body we're blessed with. I had hyperemesis for the first half of my pregnancy, which was quite an unexpected challenge. But other than that, it was all very seamless. I was in the midwifery group program, so I had a beautiful midwife tending to me throughout. She would come to my home for many of our prenatal appointments. We really got to know each other and minimal scans just kind of cruised along and I felt very beautiful and ripe and healthy and then I went on to have a very positive vaginal birth with my daughter Josie. Gratefully breastfeeding came very naturally to us both. We loved it so much and we still love it actually. She still feeds now. So when she was about 18 months we started to get that craving for another baby Having had high premises that first time around, knowing that that would most likely be the case again, feeling well nourished and good was very important in the lead up to conceiving. I was making sure I was hydrated, bone broth, healthy fats, iron, all of that goodness, preparing both mind and body to call in my babies. And When I say calling my babies, this probably sounds silly to some, but having twins was my intention. It was a running joke between friends and family. The logistics of having twins was often spoken about. It was all considered. 
I remember so clearly a few months before we conceived, it was New Year's Eve and I was laying in bed with my cup of tea, watching When Harry Met Sally, writing down my intentions for that new year. More gardening, spend less money, eat well, very normal things. And I wrote in there, have my twins. I rediscovered that note halfway through my twin pregnancy and was a little mind blown. (laughs) Um, I was also having some unfamiliar pains throughout my cycle in the months leading up to conceiving and that initially concerned me. I now know that feeling to be hyperovulation when the body releases more than one egg. I just had that last month actually and I told Rory and he was horrified. His willy probably went back inside itself. Um, Anyway, so over the weekend that I knew that I was ovulating and when we mutually decided we were ready for more babies, I vividly remember reminding my body to drop the two eggs. I visualized it. It was a very present thought and we made love and within two or three days, I was feeling pregnant. I was walking along the water early one morning and I could have just leant over and thrown up. I was weighing on all the sticks, of course, just waiting to confirm what I already knew. And then we got a positive. Falling pregnant that second time around was so magical for me because this time I was already a mother and I knew how deep the love runs. So I was wrapped and very, very grateful, but there was the hyperemesis looming and it wasn't long until I was couch bound, surrendering to the sickness, living on toast, on Dancertron wafers. And yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable just how sick we can be while these little beings are blissfully growing inside our womb and I was feeling different. I was having a lot of throbbing and aching, um, implantation perhaps. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure if I was more in tune with my body this time around, certainly much sicker, but um, yeah, I was feeling different and more Uh, conversations around twins my mum mentioned it many times I had quite a few dreams as well I had obliviously booked in my home birth I eagerly booked in my dating scan and on the eve of that again another dream of twins I was up at two o'clock in the morning googling all the twin symptoms and then in that morning, the next morning, sorry, I remember so clearly thinking to myself, okay, we're going to see if it is twins today. If it's not, don't be disappointed, just a healthy baby, please. And then by fate, Rory finished work very early that day. And so we all went along to the appointment. And as we were walking in, I said to him, babe, at least if it is twins, I won't have to bother you for that third. And then 
a moment later, there they were on the screen. And what I had perhaps manifested or what I had just known for years was now my reality and it was unbelievable. The best, most overwhelming feeling and quite quite a pivotal, monumental moment in my journey as a woman, cementing that deep trust that I have within myself and my body and that innate motherly intuition that I now lean on all the time. So I let that marinate and sink in, forgave my hyperemesis a little, knowing that my body was doing some wonderful work growing to human beings. And then I started running through the logistics of birthing twins, kissed that home birth goodbye Twin pregnancy is seen as high risk here in Australia, and sometimes it is. I knew that I was going to be watched very closely, many appointments, a lot of ultrasounds. I had my 20-week scan. That was all good. And this feeling washed over me that maybe I was having two boys. Now, if you know my partner personally, you'll so get this. He is a devil. We are yin and yang. If I was having two of his boys, I needed to brace myself. So off I went to get the balloons. We popped those that evening, a boy and a girl, what we had initially thought. And interestingly, Pixie is all Rory in appearance and in nature. And my sweet Dusty, he is so soft and gentle and sensitive. Um, so it all, it all means nothing, doesn't it? So I finally got a breather from my hyperemesis, still throwing up frequently, no appetite, but that all day, all night debilitating nausea subsided. And from about 26 weeks, all of those appointments really kicked off. At our initial growth scan, Pixie was measuring small and I thought, "Mm, okay, this is going to ruffle some feathers. This is going to be an issue. And then at that next growth scan, Dusty dropped back too. So that was the theme. The babies were small. And all of those chats surrounding the need for a cesarean, possible early babies commenced. I was seeing the same obstetrician fortnightly. I'm not really sure if that's the norm, but I like to think that she took me under her wing and I loved her very much. There was this mutual respect and understanding. She was on board, respected, honored. All of my wishes really had a lot of time for me. So important. And I just continued to take care of myself, tried as best as I could to eat well for the babies and myself, (laughs) walking, slowing down, taking that time to connect. Yeah, I just did a lot of work, made peace with that cesarean. I knew that if that was really truly necessary, I would be fine and it would still be very beautiful. The things that were keeping me up at night was early babies, NICU, special care, leaving the hospital without them. That was a big one for me. What that would look like for our breastfeeding, our fourth trimester, the heartache that comes with all of that. So a lot of those thoughts 
Also a lot of noise. COVID was still present. We were in the second year of lockdowns here in Victoria. Enormous pressure to get the vaccine. And just pregnancy too. I think often we can get so caught up in the things. This is what I did the first time round, and getting organized and feeling prepared. Um, I also had a wild toddler in tow this time. My doula work was in flow. I didn't want to forget to stop and acknowledge and honor the journey itself, the pregnancy, what I had looked forward to my entire life such a time of transformation and reflection and even despite having hg i love being pregnant it's when i feel my best so clear walking on sunshine truly so yeah and and the moment i found out i was pregnant for that first time round, i just felt so much like me more than ever before everything was just right so to honor that I really took the time to just sit and be present, check in with myself, soak it all up and just get really comfortable. I naturally isolated. Well, that was enforced with lockdowns, but I built this protective little cocoon around my family, protecting my energy because the the atmosphere and the vibe outside it wasn't it (laughs) and that brought a real sense of calm that certainly flowed through to my birth and postpartum as well anyway thankfully the weeks continued to roll on by and I made it to 34 weeks sweet relief that was my goal I could now birth at my local hospital And I ended up getting a second opinion in terms of growth scans. It was discovered that the babies were small, yes, but they hadn't continued dropping back in weight. It was all good. They were both head down and all of a sudden felt like the stars were aligning for my dream birth. So having had so many appointments chatting with different midwives, different obstetricians, sonographers. It was all interesting. And those interactions left me feeling uneasy to say the least. (laughs) And I just knew that if I wanted this peaceful twin birth, my doctor, who I loved and trusted, needed to be present. I wanted my birth team to be calm. I wanted my birth team to believe in me also respecting my own personal boundaries i think that birth is such a feminine experience i wanted females present but how on earth was i going to make that all happen when my doctor only works in birth suite once a fortnight so somewhere along the way we had booked in this very random induction date which i never planned on going to actually kind of didn't think that i would make it that far however at 34 weeks things really shifted i had that unmistakable dull backache like the one you get before you bleed and i was going to the bathroom very frequently 
if we tried to have sex or things of that nature, I would start having surges when I attempted my morning walk or stroll at that point. I, again, would start having tightening so much so that there was quite a few times I thought I was in early labor. And that really intensified even more so at 36 weeks. That induction date was booked at 36 and six days pregnant. Knowing that birth was on the horizon, days away, hanging in there, um, I thought, okay, maybe let's change things up. Let's test the waters and perhaps I could get myself into labor naturally on that magical day that my obstetrician is working. I didn't do anything drastic. A few more walks, sex, clary stage, mopped the floors many times. I took baths, rested, all the things to get the beautiful oxytocin flowing. On the eve of that induction, I was meant to have a meeting at the hospital. Unfortunately, that didn't get booked in for some reason. And I was left with a midwife who was hesitant to answer my questions, also quite uncompassionate. She suggested that I come back in later that day in the evening, chat with the doctor who would probably suggest balloon catheter, an overnight stay before breaking waters and um, going ahead with the rest of the induction the next morning. The balloon wasn't happening, but I really wanted to chat with the doctor. That midwife also offered me a cervical examination. I said yes, because I was interested. One centimeter, ripe and ready from memory. She also asked me if I'd like a stretch and sweep mid-examination. I really wish they didn't do that. How the fuck am I supposed to think straight when what feels like a half your arm is up my vag? <laughs> I agreed and that was painful, but as I drove home collecting my feelings, those small but noticeable surges commenced and I was feeling pretty emotional. Did I want an induction the next day with my beautiful doctor or did I want to have my babies a few days later on the weekend with an unknown doctor? I knew the latter would make me feel very stressed. So I went home, was walking around my garden this sounds ridiculous. I was walking around my garden and I noticed that all of these flowers that I had planted many months ago, um, and at that time thinking, wow, my garden's going to look so beautiful <laughs> when my babies arrive. But overnight, all of these poppies had bloomed and I thought, oh my gosh, my garden's telling me something. It's time. So back into hospital that evening to chat with the doctor. I had Rory with me this time. I was in early labor at this point, I knew, and that was confirmed uh, with some CTG monitoring. Cervical examination, three centimeters, no pressure for the balloon catheter now. I was doing it myself. They said I could stay in or go home and rest. Of course, I went home and had a shower, straight to bed, 
something to eat and laid there all night staring at the ceiling having kind of mixed feelings to be quite honest I was really excited nervous I also had my darling Josie in the bed with me feeling quite sad um for her or yeah just um just emotional she was having a breastfeed and she was non-verbal at that time so I hadn't had the opportunity to really explain to her what was about to happen but anyway morning arrived off we went to the hospital via a few uh runs up and down stairs at my local beach we drove in silence as the sun was coming up it was very weird to be so present and not be in full-blown labor um because at this point my tightenings they were still present um but had slowed down we arrived at the hospital went to the bathroom and I lost my mucus plug and that was I know that's only little but just a really nice thing for my body to kind of gently let me know okay we're doing the right thing here so and then Pixie's waters were broken at 8 a.m asked everyone to leave the room so we could get into the love bubble and do our thing I suspect my doctor had briefed everyone on the birth wishes because everyone is very very respectful the music was on room was peaceful and dark slowly getting there the surges were intensifying using my voice and lots of swaying to get me through it was consistent maybe every four or five minutes but didn't kick off in the way that I had hoped I was on my way but I wasn't in active labor like I knew it so a few hours passed by and then it was decided to start the Sentosin and I really hoped that we wouldn't use this or need it but being induced wanting my doctor present time was of essence so we put that in I was in charge of that just the smallest amount and the contractions drastically changed the contractions that I was familiar with that rolling feeling the peak and then it dropping off that was no more and it was as if there was an on-off switch very intense not really a chance to brace myself or sink into it we continued with that for a few hours and then it was time for the epidural the epidural is recommended and certainly pushed into in delivery and that is because there in case of an emergency cesarean and it's not already in there's a high chance of going under a general to deliver your babies also some worries around twin b the second twin enduring both labors if dusty was to get into a funny position and they needed to reach up and get him that's supposed to be quite violent it's called a manual extraction i knew i wouldn't be able to handle that i hate getting my cervix checked even I, I can't relax my vagina when foreign hands are up there so my plan was 
to get the epidural at the very last minute so I could really feel my surges, have an active labor, and I really, I didn't want to miss out on that. And if it was too late and we couldn't get the epidural, that was fine. I was, I was really happy with that and secretly hoped that would happen as well. But anyway, I got the epidural and was expecting to have an hour to rest and meditate and chill and that didn't happen because it made me so sick. I found it really hard to gather myself. I got the shakes big time, vertigo. I didn't like being stuck on the bed. My midwife from my previous birth came to see me and she really changed the vibe, helped me calm down, poured some love and strength back into me. And then I drifted off into a light sleep. Rory went out for a breather, went and got us some food. He came back and then my beautiful doctor waltzed in and let me know that the babies were up to something. They were either feeling a little bit stressed out or it was time. She checked me, looked up, smiled, fully dilated. And all of a sudden the room felt very different. It was warm, loving, euphoric. I felt like I was dreaming in the best way, but also so present. Many beautiful women started filling the room. So many people, but also felt quite intimate. And they were saying the loveliest things to me, whispering their excitement, calling me a goddess. You're about to meet your babies. It's going to be amazing. You know, all of that stuff that us women need to hear when we're in the birth space. My legs were getting put up in stirrups and I was brushing my hair and putting my lip balm on, so glamorous. Um, And so I started pushing and just a few pushes. I could feel my body taking over and she was starting to come down. I could feel her crowning. And then out she slipped, the tiniest baby looking up at me. I burst out crying and I was so happy for her to be here. I had emotionally prepared myself for perhaps some resuscitation or for her to be whisked away. Also an instrumental delivery, especially being on my back with an epidural. But none of that was necessary and she did amazing. I also expected there to be a bit of a rush to get the big boy Dusty out. He was just chilling though, waiting his turn, slow and steady, just like his nature. Actually had to push harder for him. And maybe about 10 minutes of pushing. And again, I could feel him making his way down, my body taking over. And then, yeah, that was satisfying. And then I reached down and grabbed him and pulled him up to my chest and it was glorious. So good. All my dreams now in my arms, the most magical moment etched in my heart forever. It was so good. So, so, so good. So the two placentas were born shortly after, small tear that my doctor was stitching And then all of a sudden I started to feel so incredibly sick. I passed the babies to Rory and drifted off into La La Land. I'm not sure if I've ever felt that sick in my life. Yes, having hyperemesis, but this was different. I was delusional. I couldn't even look straight. 
And that lasted for about three hours. No one could really give me any answers. They were all scratching their head a little. I'm sure one of the midwives thought I was being dramatic and that pissed me off. I was crying, asking her to put me under. (laughs) I suspect that those drugs really rocked me. I feel nauseous sometimes after I take a Nurofen. I've never been able to take the pill, nauseous, can't take Panadine Fort. So the drugs, I had low blood pressure, that adrenaline from birthing two babies, I think that's what got me. And I wasn't aware at the time, but the Sentosin was still flowing and I really wish I had known that that was common common practice because my uterus contracts very efficiently on its own. I had hardly any blood loss and it was just causing sickness and the afterbirth pains were wild. I heard someone say, the babies are cold and yeah, they needed to be on me and I feel really sad that I missed out on my golden hour when the babies were supposed to be on me and having their first feed and falling in love, getting to know their mama. So yeah, I still feel really upset about that, but there was a silver lining, a lesson that was needed. In the midst of throwing up, at the corner of my eye, I could see Rory with the babies in his arms beaming down at them, just so, so happy and in love. With our first baby, Josie, he would call me the protective lioness with her cub. I never gave him the opportunity to connect and bond initially in those first few weeks or months. Every time she cried or made a noise, I would take her off him and I wanted to do it all by myself. But now... I couldn't do that. I have three babies. I couldn't do it on my own and I needed him. We we had to do it together. So this was him stepping up as he desperately wanted to and I had to surrender and allow that in this moment and in many more moments to come. So it all unfolded just as it needed to. Pixie was taken to special care for her glucose levels and finally I came good and was able to embrace my darling Dusty and we had our first feed and then we went down to see beautiful Pixie. The babies weighed 2.9 kilos Dusty and Pixie was 2.5 so yes they were small but um, not too alarming, bigger than we had expected which was a relief. And we stayed in hospital for 48 hours, I believe. That was long enough. I was itching to get home. And then there we were at home in our love nest. And it felt very surreal. And that's where we stayed for many weeks and months. So my first immediate postpartum with Josie, that was spent in Bali at weddings in the front row of the Fleetwood Mac concert at Rod Laver Arena and that was all good until it wasn't and maybe six months down the line 
I felt very emotionally and physically depleted. And I was just so unaware of how sacred and special that window is after you have your baby. So I wasn't going to make that mistake this time around. And I spent just as much time planning and envisioning my postpartum as I had my birth. Having two babies, having babies a few weeks early, I gifted myself an extended golden month. That time and really this past year has been spent at home. I kept everything quite womb-like initially, uh, quiet, dark, peaceful, glorious warming food, played in the garden, resting, really like deep intentional rest, soaking it all up and I've loved it and it just felt so necessary particularly for breastfeeding. So some of you may know this already, but I'm madly in love with breastfeeding. I breastfed Josie throughout the twin pregnancy, a few half-hearted attempts at weaning, but it just was never the right time. And then when the twins came along, it was not so smooth sailing. They were different babies. A lot of persistence, patience, a wonderful IBCLC. So spending that time in the love nest, that was the foundation of our learning and finding that confidence. Breastfeeding is a full-time job, right? Breastfeeding three babies is devotion, something that was so deeply important to me. So now I feed everyone. And that's probably another story in itself. And perhaps I'll dedicate an episode to that if there's interest. So in summary, I guess this entire experience, conception, that deep knowing of twins, a powerful birth, a slow and supported postpartum, it has changed me in more ways than I could have ever imagined. It's given me the confidence, grace, strength, all that was needed to rise to the occasion that is raising these babies, all that I needed for this next season as a mother of three. It's been a beautiful gift and I'm very grateful. So yeah, that's the birth story of my beautiful twins and how it all came to be. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Bloom Birth Stories. If you enjoyed, please subscribe and share with a friend. And if you'd like to share your story, reach out. You can find me over on Instagram at Kate Bloom Doula. See you next week, beautiful.